Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to The Spilled Tea, your place for the latest on pop culture, entertainment news, and LGBT issues. Now, here are your hosts. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of The Spilled Tea. I'm your host, Demi Morgan, and I have on the phone with us tonight um, one of my husbands, but probably my favorite husband, um, Kevin Caliber. Say hello, Kevin. Well, hello there. I'm so glad to be known as one of your favorites. Oh, of course, darling. <laughs> now, wait, you pronounce it Caliber or something different? No, it is Caliber. It is a very okay. much made-up name for the stage and screen, oh. so it's Caliber, like a high-caliber rifle. <laughs> Got it. So, I mean, I my name is also made up for the stage and screen, but why did you choose um, Caliber for your last name? Well, my dream is to be an action star. It's something I've always wanted to do. I'm a very physical person. So for mm-hmm. me, it ended up being kind of a combination of, like I said, I said a high caliber rifle. It says gun as well as I like to think of myself as something like working out or fitness. It's a high caliber mm-hmm. workout. So it kind of went mm. with that. It rolled right off the tongue and I've been sticking with it ever since. Nice. How does your family feel about that? Are they like, what the hell? It was a little, took a little getting used to. Uh, it is a shame to not be known as the family name. So on some of the social media platforms, I do drop in my, 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 you know, legal last Government name as name. well. Yeah. yeah so that's mm-hmm. then the caliber kind of looks like my middle name in that case. So mm. in that, in that regards is a little bit. And then for anybody out there who is listening, if you automatically thought adult films or something, <laughs> you were the one in five that have a dirty mind because on average, just about one in five says that sounds like a porn name. <laughs> I mean, I didn't think that. But now that you bring it up, I mean, caliber well, right. shoot, you, shoot. you, you know what I mean? You can't unhear it, unhear it, but at the same right. time, if if you meet me and you know me, you say, ah, that gentleman, that, that's that, that there, Mr. Caliber. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually go by Emmy Morgan. My government name is Emily Morgan and then my last name. Um, oddly enough, Emily and then my last name is already used and then Emily Morgan is already used so I'm like well what the fuck am I going to use so I went with and I'm like looking for like different nicknames and I was going to go by Emma but there's already two Emmas like Emma Stone and Emma Thompson that are really really famous and I didn't want that so I was like watching Shameless and Emmy Rossum came on I'm like wait what about Emmy Oh, and I so like I was that. like, huh, yeah, and, and it, and Emmy. Flows. Yeah. yeah, Emmy Morgan, it's flows. It's like, oof. and my middle name could be a last name. So you never know. So I, I, that's why I, I like it, that. I, I did consider Thank doing you. the middle name route. My middle name is Michael. So I considered whether it was Kevin Michael or yeah. Kevin Michaels doing the pluralized. Kevin Michael. The there was, there was, yeah. 
Yeah, there, there was there was Brett Michaels, of course, of Poison, uh, and then there was a wrestler who went by Shawn Michaels, and that's not not uh, either one of their names. So I did consider mm-hmm. it, but I decided against it because with my legal name, I showed up my very first IMDb credit. I was mm-hmm. in parentheses. I was number four. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm the fourth one. And then if I, whenever I Googled my name, there was 50 other people that, that came before me. You know, there was a football player from Nebraska and a, this and just people uh, all over that were kind of known. So whenever you join mm-hmm. SAG, for SAG, there is no repeater names. So a lot of people will add in an initial here and there. Like Michael J. Fox mm-hmm. doesn't go by Michael J. Fox. I mean, he's Mike Fox, but Mike Fox right. is already taken because it's a pretty – you know, Michael B. Jordan. Obviously, there was a Michael Jordan that came before him. So, right. so Michael B. Jordan has to – and I didn't want to do that route either. So I decided to just go with something that's kind of unique to myself, you know, kind of get that Vin Diesel type thing. Like, you know, right. if, if I get to make up a name and I could really pick a word that's also – also a word as well as can be a name. I went ahead and that, and I've never met anybody with the last name caliber. And it's one of those things that mm. now that I have it, I drive around Los Angeles and there's a, there's an auto body shop. That's the biggest one out here. It's called caliber collision. So I see the signs all <laughs> over and then there's, there's all these different caliber branding. Right. So I'm like, Oh, it's, it's right. one of those things you don't see it until you look for it. <laughs> exactly. And any time, I'm watching a movie, a TV show. Emily is everywhere. It's literally the name is everywhere. And I'm like, did I, did I notice it before? No. Right. It's so yeah, for weird. Me, my, my, with my name being Kevin, of course, growing up, and I think I was seven years right. old whenever like Home Alone came out. So it was everybody Aww. just screamed my name. And then... And then it became this this name that became really funny to shit on. It's a damn it, Kevin. And I've seen so many memes in yeah. it, and and it's pretty pretty funny. It's become a pretty predominant name over the years. Yeah. And it's not yes. the most memorable, and just as a standalone name. So it's pretty funny whenever somebody has trouble remembering my name, and they're like, "Brett or mm. no?" I'm like, "Hey, don't worry about it. It's generic white guy name number seven. Like I really don't mind." So that's where I figured I had to put in put in a decent last name that would uh, that would try and try and stamp it to where at least it's somewhat memorable without being ridiculous. I'm not Kevin ridiculous or something. Right. Well, the thing is, you don't look like the average number seven named white guy. You look like a Jared or a Jeremy or something like a little common but different and you right. just yeah yeah you're just you're you're a lot more average than you think you are, or above average than you think you are you know what I mean like I, I think I, that I you think that you're this average white guy but you're not <laughs> well, well I, I appreciate it. that's something that's definitely taken some getting used to I didn't get into mm. say the entertainment industry or anything like that until my later twenties. And mm-hmm. so to be the shy kid, I still feel like I'm the shy kid. who was a little chubby kid from Missouri that, you know, Aww. never had a girlfriend ever. And it's like, part of that is still with me. And it's funny because Aww. people are like, Oh, this good old Midwest boy, like don't change. I was like, Oh, I don't think I can change. Like, I, I think I'm <laughs> beyond that. I think I am who I am. And I, <laughs> 
you know, and then of course there's the things throughout life that give you confidence. It's the, you know, for me, it was like, I I was in the military. So, so being in that, it's just, they do something to build up your confidence to, you know, of course, at the same time, they strip down your individuality. That's why we all wear the Mm -hmm. same thing. We all have the same haircut because they do that on purpose, but then they also build you up in a different way. So it's a, it's a funny balance of finding yourself as you grow older and being confident in yourself, because I also still get made fun of from not necessarily made fun. I still take a lot of crap from like my old buddies from back in the day. Every time I go home, like, Oh, Mr. Supermodel or, or, you know, it's (laughs) it's always something or, or my old Marine buddies. They're like, you know, they can't help but to make fun. But at the same time, it's almost always in good spirit with a few exceptions, which, Hey, you know, if the haters are going to hate, let them hate, you know, but, but for the most part, I let it roll off my back, but I still do get a little embarrassed. It's one of those ones where, where I almost can't, can't, can't believe that some of the things are real because I, I feel sometimes I do almost live in a fantasy world of, of what I get to do. And I find myself in these crazy scenarios of working with, with icons that I've looked up to in the past or, or being graced mm-hmm. with certain, certain things that I just, I, I don't take anything for granted. So I think it's just, uh, it's all part of becoming who you are. And I just think that everybody should, should be proud of whatever it is, because whenever I do run into old friends and they say things like, they just want to hear about me. They're like, who's the biggest celebrity you've met? Or what's the, who's the meanest celebrity you've ever met? Where I go to ask them, like, well, what have you been up to? They're like, oh, it's stupid. Like, I just got the same job. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I really want to hear about it. Like, do you have any hobbies? Like, mm-hmm. like what do you do on the weekend? Like, like because mm-hmm. the grass is always greener. So, so for me, I'm looking at, like, what they post on Facebook. I'm like, oh, my God, I love your new house that you just built. And your, mm-hmm. your kids are adorable. I love this. And, you know, oh, your son's getting so big and I'm playing baseball where – where they see me and they're like, Oh, he gets to go do this. And he's on another set. And I'm like, well, yeah, you know, it's not that it just becomes work because that's not fair because I am very blessed and enjoy what I do. But at the same time, I'm like, no, this is my day to day as well. Like it, sometimes it, it is a grind. It, It is mundane. So it's like, appreciate everything. And, and, and given the same thing, I've also had to give up a lot to, to be where I'm at living in Los Angeles. I have, I have no family here. Like I just spent the holidays with, with a couple of my buddies that it was like, we were like these orphans. It was everybody who, who didn't leave town or, or who didn't have family. Like we all hung out and it was all, it was, it almost becomes comical of like, Oh, well, who's around? Like, do you guys want to go see star Wars on like Christmas Eve? And <laughs> you, you know, and it's like, it, like I said, mm-hmm. the grass always seems to be greener. So it's just appreciate what you have and, and embrace and enjoy and be, just be grateful for, for everything in your life that, that you enjoy. And do you guys see why he's one of my favorite husbands? Listen to this guy. He's just Aww. so he's, – he's amazing. And I want to let you know, when you have those down days and when you feel like, oh, I'm, I'm still that fat kid growing up, Henry Cavill, for the first, I'd say, 15 years of his life was called Fat Cavill because he was really, really heavy, really heavy. And Isn't that unbelievable? he got into working – he got into working out to become an actor. So you are in the exact same boat as him. He says the exact same thing. There are times when I look in the mirror 
and I'm ready to go out to the club or a bar or a pub and I meet a girl and she's just like, I know she wants to meet Superman, but I'm not Superman. I'm just Henry Cavill. And I feel like the 13-year-old boy all over again. So when you said that, I want you to know you are not alone, Kevin. Not at all. Yeah, that's, so. that, that's nice. I didn't know that about him. And yeah. now that you say it, it really makes sense with the way that he carries himself. You could tell that he, exactly. is, he, he, he is reserved. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. he's got this... This this aura about him because he is Superman. He is such an amazing performer, but you could definitely tell that mm-hmm. there is something deeper in there as opposed to some of the guys. No offense to him. I mean, we're all blessed in different ways, but you get some guys mm-hmm. that are, you know, you're not not to knock the guy because I have nothing against him, but say you're Justin Bieber who was 14 or whatever he was. He was, probably, I'm sure, always the best looking, most talented kid in all of the school, and he could always get everything that he always wanted and you know it's like famous at a young age and just you know the rip roaring abs as a 12 year old or something and it's and and it's you could kind of tell the difference with the way that he carries himself as opposed to say Henry Cavill not that one's better than the other because we're all you know Mm -hmm. blessed in certain ways and Justin Bieber is obviously blessed with uh, with so much in his life that who's to say any of us would act any differently given those you know, scenarios, but at the same time, you could definitely tell a difference in the way that they, that they carry themselves and, and everything else. So that may, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you for the insight. That's good to know. I'm You're in welcome. good company. And, and also I want to let you know about Justin Bieber, not to excuse how he is now. It doesn't excuse it, but he actually was not that kid that you think. He grew up with young parents, his dad had nothing to do with him for decades, and he would play on the street. Like, he would just play his music on the street. His mom would drive him, and they'd just play on the street. Got discovered on YouTube, put one of his, wow. um, yeah, put one of his um, videos on YouTube. Scooter Braun saw him, or no, Usher saw him. Usher, he was like, I yeah. want to hire this kid. Then Usher blew him up. Then his dad came back into his life, and Justin forgave him, and fame got into Justin's head a lot. He was always the skinny, short kid with the high-pitched voice, and now he wow. is who he is. And Yeah, so just to let you know, Justin Bieber, you just never – I actually did a podcast yesterday about don't judge a book by its motherfucking cover, um, and you just never know what someone's story is. So, but I can get that characterization, but a bitch like me, I researched the hell out of everybody, everybody. And so, yeah, Justin Bieber had it, had it not so great, surprisingly enough, not so Yeah, great. that's real. That's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Again, I had, I had nothing against the guy. It's, you know, no, I know you don't. Um, and, and so, so for him, it's for, for all the, all the slack that he gets. And one of the times yeah. that I remembered I, I, me saying, I like this guy was whenever he went and did the roast and just let everybody light him up. And mm-hmm. he was such a good sport about it because he's aware, mm-hmm. you know, he, he's yeah. well aware. And, and just to see that, I was like, good for him. Like, because it's the people that are either, in denial or just, oh, they just, you know, they hate me because they ain't me. And, you know, yep. and so for him to yep. see him the way that he went about it, I was like, okay, like, 
I'm not a, you know, that's not my, not my genre of music, but you know, I've gotten, right. I've gotten down to, to it sometimes in the clubs, but, uh, but for the most part, I'm like, <laughs> oh, good for him. Like, good for him, you know, be you and live your life. And, uh, and he, he also seems to be the, one of those guys that, um, that does bring people with him. And I've met yeah. people being, being in LA, I've met people with all sorts of varying degrees of success that also, Say get crapped on. Like I did a I did a video with Jake Paul, and mm-hmm. and the video uh. ended up the the next day the video got him fired from Disney Channel. I, I don't know if you ever saw it, but I was the cop that I was hired as the cop that arrested him in his big mm. big arrest video that that got him fired okay. from Disney, and and it was almost comical to see we met before and. It, it was staged to be like it was real, like it was it was staged right. like I was a real real cop going in there, and so we mm-hmm. met before and we planned everything out, and he was such a different guy than once the cameras rolled. It was the uh. character comes out, and it was it was really interesting because as soon as they were done shooting, it was same thing. This character goes away, and now he's just a, a not not an average kid, but now he's back to being this kid and just mm. sitting there kind of bullshitting with him. I was like, wow, this is a, like, like doesn't seem like a bad guy at all. And it's, it's like, it was kind of, it was kind of interesting to see that to get that mm. type of type of fame or like to, to do something, to be known for it, to stay in the limelight. It's terrible to say that you have to top it. Otherwise, mm. it either runs out of steam, people get bored, on to the next YouTuber because everybody's, you know, everybody can point their phone at themselves. And, and we all find ourselves guilty of it, whether it's looking or like, oh, I used to watch him or I used to, you know, follow that. And, and it's funny because whether we like it or not, we, we all do because eventually things kind mm-hmm. of kind of run their course. So in order to stay fresh and stay relevant, you either have to do something extreme, do something that's going to keep you in the news. And sometimes obviously it can backfire or go too far or, or mm-hmm. something. And then you almost have to pivot because nothing's going to last forever. You could be on the best mm-hmm. TV show in the world. And after 10 years, people aren't going to tune in anymore. And that's why, you know, TV shows don't last more than seven to 10 years. And, you know, whether yep. it's well, there, there's always a new hot comic, there's always a new hot musician, and you could continue to make music as good as you ever did, but there's always going to be a newer, younger, fresher sound. Mm-hmm. So you have to find ways of reinventing yourself, and and it's a shame that a lot of times those are the people that get crapped on. Like you take your Taylor Swift, like I have so much respect for her because of you know doing yep. hearing about her story and the things that she's been through. And then the way that she went from country and there, there was a, there's a ceiling there. There's only so much you could do and say country music. And then she crosses over right. in the pop. And then all of a sudden was like, Oh, what they're mad at her now because she's selling out. It's like, yeah, she's selling out stadiums all over the world. And I went to go see her in the Rose bowl. It was one of the best concerts I've ever seen. And I've, you know, I've been going to concerts right. my whole life and love a good show. And again, I'm not a big Taylor Swift fan, like, because it's just not my genre of music, but it was one of the most fun mm-hmm. I've ever had. And it was an amazing show. And she's just playing the song after song after song after song. And I know them all just because they've, you know, they're, they're such a part of pop culture 
that you don't have right. to follow Taylor Swift to be exposed to her music, but yet she still gets crap every time it's a new album because she's trying to reinvent it or, you know, give the fans something new. And then there's always going to be haters. So it's a, uh, it's a tough thing. It's like, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't, if you're the band that just keeps playing the same type of music year after year, you know, it, eventually you go away and, you know, it's it seems to be every every great artist throughout time at some point has to you know, you can't stay classic forever, I guess I guess so to speak. At some point you have to kinda go against the grain and take risks and whenever you take risks that's what's gonna, you know, upset some people. Yeah, I agree. Wow. I didn't know all that about Jake, and that actually, you know what, and I'm going to be 100% honest, it makes me hate him even more, because I don't like the character that he plays, and it makes me annoyed that he goes out of his way to be somebody, I, I don't respect people who are two people, I call them Geminis, I don't re- respect that, because you are not two people. And look at how successful you are. You have so many credits. I was like, I don't think I'm going to be able to write all this down. But you're Aww. successful because you are yourself. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Anyway. Absolutely. Yeah, there's definitely a genuineness <sighs> to to some people that I think that that's what people mm. ultimately fall, fall in love with. Because yeah. to, to even get into some of the stories, like I was saying, where everybody always – who's the, who's the nicest person or who's the, this. And whenever mm-hmm. I do go the line of the nicest people, there's also some of the most successful because it's mm-hmm. people that have these really long careers because people want to work with them. And you had, uh, mm-hmm. you had mentioned to me that you were, you were uh, starting on the morning show. Now I have mm-hmm. met and worked with both Steve Carell and Jennifer Aniston. And I have got okay. to tell you, both of them are, such sweet people. They took time to talk to me, even though they didn't have to. They made Aww. eye contact. They were very friendly. And leaving the conversation, I or the moment, I always think to myself, like, no wonder they work because everybody not only mm-hmm. are they talented, not only are they good at what they do, but that only goes so far. At some point, people mm-hmm. want to be around you. They want to continue to work with you. And I've also been on sets with not so nice people. And you notice once those shows end or, or once word gets out their their stock drops and then they never are going to reach that echelon again. And it comes right. from, I've done, I've worked in the service industry in Los Angeles. I've worked in the, the lowest tier of entertainment and I've been fortunate enough to also work in other tiers of entertainment where, um, you know, on bigger sets, working with bigger people. And so I, it's, it's so easy to read some of these things over time that you could really see no wonder they're successful, like good for them. Like one of my one of the people that I have the utmost respect for is uh, Miss, Mr. Tyler Perry. I've had the, the, mm-hmm. the been blessed to work with him for three seasons of television and just knowing mm-hmm. him, just seeing the way he treats people, seeing how we, like whenever you're on that set, it is everybody's like a family. It's the trickle down effect. It all starts with him. He treats everybody good. Everybody treats everybody 
just just as well as he as because he has set that standard. And you see, you would not know it to look at look at him, to talk to him, to see the way he's dressed, to see the way he's act. He is the opposite of pretentious. He is the opposite mm. of like fancy. I mean, he yeah, he may be wearing the most expensive hoodie and jeans and tennis shoes, but he's still wearing a hoodie, jeans, and tennis shoes that you would not think right. anything of it. There's no flashiness. There's no, there's no, you know, everybody bow down to me. I'm in charge. It's a collective. Mm-hmm. He respects everybody. He lets people do their thing. Whenever I first got to that studio, they said, we loved what you did in your audition. Do that. We love you. We love what you bring. If you bring that to set, everything, be prepared, be professional, and everything will be fine. They set that expectation the moment that I got down to the studio in Atlanta, and that's what I did. And and the, the character, they just kept bringing the character back because of it. And it's just by being professional. It's not being this crazy, eccentric character, being bigger than life. It's, it's do your job because at the end of the day, we're all it, it's work. And it's, right. we're, you know, it's not the same type of work that, you know, the average person does, but it's still work. It's still, you know, numbers dependence and you still have to deliver on the job and you're replaceable just like any other job. So, so to see that because stars are replaceable too, you see it all the time whenever, you know, somebody's being difficult or somebody gets fired on set or somebody gets replaced in a show. It's, it's usually because they have a sense of entitlement and, and you get, you know, if you're not a genuine person, then, you know, you will weed yourself out. So it doesn't matter how, how talented you are, or how big of a name you are. So, so there's definitely something to it of, you know, be a good person and be somebody that people want to be around and you'll, and you'll continue to work. Yeah, that's good advice. That's really good advice. Before I delve into some of your credits, why don't we start back at, so it's St. Louis. You're from St. Louis. Wait, how Correct. do you say it? St. Louis or St. Louis? St. Louis. St. <laughs> Louis. Okay. We, we, we only, um, we only so say St. Louis when we're trying to be funny. St. Louis. <laughs> oh, okay. So you're from St. Louis. Um, born, raised there, or did you move there after college? I was in and around St. Louis. There's all all St. Mm-hmm. Louis suburbs. I grew up pretty much until about halfway through elementary in towns mm-hmm. within about 30 minutes of St. Louis. And then we moved yep. to the suburbs, St. Louis County, when I was in like third grade, which I lived in in and out of. Only only my brief time in the military took me out of Missouri for a couple of years. And then going mm-hmm. back to South South St. Louis until uh, until the day I moved to Los Angeles. And your parents still live there, and your siblings. Uh, my siblings are mostly all over the state now. Nobody is okay. actually in St. Louis proper anymore. Mm-hmm. A couple of them in surrounding counties. A couple of them a little further out, all over the state of Missouri, including my father. I lost my mother some years back when I was twenty. So that kind of oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, but it, it it kind of broke up the family in a 
you know, in mm-hmm. a slight way. Like there was no more family home to go back to after that. So, so I am a little jealous mm-hmm. whenever I, I know these people that whenever they go home for the holidays or go back home to visit and they get to go back to their old family home and maybe they still have their bedroom the same way. And uh, that's something that mm-hmm. I, that I lost a long, a long time ago, but but I still have pl- plenty of family there, so I still make my way back to St. Louis uh, several several times, often as I can. And I'm also fortunate enough to be to be locked into the film community there. So I've actually went back there and oh. filmed several films over the years, which actually I'm getting ready in talks to do in another one or two coming up this year. So any reason to go back there and work? It's it's great to get back. the The Midwest hospitality is is like no other. So I definitely enjoy getting back there as often as possible. Nice. And how many siblings do you have? I am the middle child of five. So wow. it was uh, holy like mother. Any, yeah, any true middle child, I am the epitome. It is like the definition. That's why I needed the attention, why I'm probably why I'm trying to be a movie star. <laughs> acted out a, a little bit uh so my mm-hmm. oldest sister she was the, she's the oldest it was was my sister she's she's one of my inspirations she is a mother uh she's got her doctorate she's she's an officer nice. in the military she's just a super wow. accomplished beast of a beast of a woman and i do mm-hmm. everything you know she was really my inspiration she was one of the re- main reasons why i joined the military and then I have my okay. older brother. We were kind of raised as twins. There was only a year apart, so so we were the little duo wow. growing up. Shared a room a couple times, and and so we're we're always always together. And he's mm-hmm. he's a he's another one. He's an entrepreneur. He owns four businesses. He's he, he's wow. done very very well for himself. Another guy just just another beast. One of the hardest workers you'll ever meet. And then I have two younger sisters who. Who uh, just always always meant the world to me. I kind of it's not not, not I, I definitely played the role of big brother to them yeah. quite quite a, quite a bit. I was definitely that guy. I'm sure it was annoying at times, given the you know it's the big brother. It's <laughs> I'm sure they wanted mm-hmm. me to just go away sometimes because I maybe I overstepped my bounds and trying to trying to stick up for them, but in true big brother fashion. Well, you can never overstep your bounds when it comes to younger girls and you being their brother you can never do that never just to let yeah, it was you know like big brother big brother's uh big brother's nightmare whenever the girls um start, oh, start wow. becoming teenagers and they're good looking mm-hmm. and everything else and i have all my friends and they start making comments and then <laughs> that just makes it yeah, worse then you gotta so punch your friends to, right that's it mm-hmm. i definitely punched friends over my sisters yes <laughs> Any good big big brother should do that. Like seriously, that's yeah, good. Yeah, I, so I, you joined, I, I agree. <laughs> so you joined the military because of your sister. What do you mean by that? Well, she was one of my inspirations. Being the middle child of five, uh, coming yes. from you know we're we're a good middle class family. It was we weren't we weren't mm-hmm. rich. We weren't poor. We were just just straight middle class. My mother was a nurse. My father was an engineer. So we did well. Okay. We had enough to have vacations and all that, but there wasn't that they, they certainly weren't rich and mm-hmm. being the middle child, my parents got a divorce whenever I was in high school. So by the time me finishing up high school, there wasn't really a college fund. I didn't know for sure what I wanted to do. 
And then my mm-hmm. older sister with her joining the military, she got her full education. Like I said, she ended up getting a doctorate through the military and it was a great opportunity. So mm-hmm. I was a year out of high school whenever nine 11 happened and mm-hmm. I was just working construction and just doing odd jobs. I wasn't even going to college and then nine eleven happened and it was, my sister was serving in the army at the time. So I said, yep, it's uh I got to do it. So joined the Marine Corps. I was in boot camp by October 15th of 2001. Five five weeks after 9-11, I was was out there, you know, learning how to fight. And so it just kind of, it it, it got, it gave me a very good opportunity to, to, to get out of Missouri for a while, which Mm -hmm. was good because a lot of my friends, they were, they were going down bad paths. I didn't hang with the with the, the best bunch, uh, you know, it's uh, like, okay. it, it just, just with the drugs and the troublemaking. And that really wasn't mm-hmm. my speed anyway. So for me, mm-hmm. it got me out of Missouri. It forced me to, you know, learn some discipline and clean myself up. And of course the, the physical aspect as well as the mental aspect. I, I, if I'm being honest, I think everybody should probably do like a year of military, maybe instead of like senior high, senior year of high school, because there's just something about it. Like they make sure that you're grooming properly. You have to do your own laundry. They teach you how to sew. They teach you all these life skills about being yep, independent yep. that, that just mm-hmm. college just doesn't do. You know, we still got right. our paychecks and, you know, had to pay our own bills and, you know, there's just at any time they could come knock on our door and come in for an inspection. And if our room's a pigsty, then we would get in trouble. So there's just something mm-hmm. about that that I think that, you know, the average person could use. The average person could use some discipline, let's be honest. Right. And it was yeah. also very, very, very balanced meals, getting up early in the morning, going to work. You know, it's all very much life skills that, that uh, translates into being setting yourself up for success mm-hmm. you know obviously there's other the downfalls of the military um being, being that you, you could go to war and ptsd and all the bad stuff and be in danger you know heaven forbid be be injured or killed but but just the actual lifestyle of it i think was very beneficial and i had a great job in the marine corps i worked in an intelligence office so so for me, it was a, a good opportunity that, that was opposed to college. And then I went to college, went and did some schooling uh, while, once I got out. And then I worked in civil engineering for a few years before, uh, wow. before making the leap into the, before making the leap on into the entertainment industry. And what prompted you to go from civil engineering, military to acting? Had you always had the bug and you just, like, like, what was it? What, what changed your mind? Well, literally, as a kid, just action movies and all that were my favorite thing in the world. I've just oh, always loved yeah. it. I did, I did, I did theater in high school, but I also did sports. So I kind of fell mm-hmm. into this weird thing where the jocks didn't like that I was a theater kid. The theater kids thought I was a jock, so it was almost this not fitting in thing that instead Mm -hmm. I played music and hung out with the stoner kids. So they were kind of my tribe, you know, high school is so tribal like that, that, Uh, and and like, say, say, Mm -hmm. you you know, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm sure you had it, you know, every Mm -hmm. bit, bit like I did where you're like, who do I fit in with? 
And I found out right. that I was, I was fitting in with alternative kids more than anything else, whether it was the, the skater kids or the stoners or even the goths. I was, you know, I was mm-hmm. into rock music whenever, whenever the hip-hop movement was coming in. I remember being in high school and everybody's talking about, you know, whenever Eminem came out. And they're like, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. And I remember, you know, Tupac and Biggie whenever, you know, I was in high school whenever they, mm-hmm. you know, you know, you know, one of their tragedies happened. Everybody's like, oh, my God, it's like the greatest, you know, such a shame. They're, they're like the greatest artist. I'm like, oh, I don't know. I like rock music, you know, like I, I like the food right. You know, it's like, right. like I was always kind of the, the, the odd one because my, my high school was very, it was, we were, we were in the suburbs, but it was the average suburban kid became very urban, it seemed, mm-hmm. along that time. And being in St. Louis, yep. we had the St. Lunatics and Nelly and, there was this this hip hop culture that was definitely taking over. So so mm-hmm. for me, yeah, it was it was a hard time fitting in. So so I played I played music and I played in rock bands and just really enjoyed that culture of it. And I always enjoyed performing, whether it was I felt like going out and playing basketball on the team. It was it was in a way it was performing. Like I remember like. Like you, you, you enjoy it so much more. Like whenever your parents are there, it's like, Oh my God, like, all right, I'm putting on a show for them and then acting in a play or, or singing in the choir. It's like, Oh, like I I just loved, there was something about it that I always enjoyed. And I've never really been like much of a stage fright person. And Hmm. so for me, it was just always enjoying it. And then in my twenties, I started running into a couple other opportunities that one of them was a TV show. And I actually booked my first TV show while I was in St. Louis. And it all stemmed from like a Facebook post. Somebody saw something on Facebook. Hey, we're casting this thing. And, you know, somebody gets tagged and it finds its way to me. And next thing you know, I'm signing my first TV deal and I'm doing this while I'm working as a civil engineer. And in my head, I'm like, oh, my God, my life's going to change. I'm not going back to, I'm not going back to work. I'm, this, is, this is it. And then <laughs> the, the contract never got picked up. I shot one episode. Ah. We shot the pilot. And the, the episode just never got picked up. So it was, it was very heartbreaking to think, like, to get it. It's, it's like anything else. Anything that you really, truly get excited over. And then whenever it doesn't mm-hmm. happen, it's just that much more disappointing as opposed to, you, you you know, as opposed to it happens quick or, or it never happens. Whenever you really work yourself up for it, it, it's a shame. And so I was, I was married at the time and we said, oh, okay. we're like, we're like, we don't want to do this anymore. We're both tired of the nine to fives We're you know, we were doing well. I was an engineer. She was, she worked for a corporate company as a buyer and we were, you know, two, two adults without kids, uh, two income family. We had a big, nice house. We had like a big five bedroom house. Like we were living very well. And, and, you know, we thought about kids and we're like, well, we'll have kids whenever the time's right. And we just kept saying that and saying that. And I was married at 24. So we're like, yeah, we'll have kids whenever the time's right. And it just never happened. It's just, and I'm so glad that we didn't because, 
I never would have came out here. You know, obviously you can't, I wasn't going to quit my uh-huh. job. And I remember when we told people we're moving to LA and people were like, what? You're going to give up jobs. Like those are good jobs. People kill to have those jobs. And this is you, true. you know, you're just going to give it up. I was like, look, it's the pursuit of happiness. I would, mm-hmm. I would rather, I'm going to sell this five bedroom house and I'm going to go rent yep. a one bedroom apartment and I'm going to mm-hmm. struggle. And and I'm going to get told no a bunch of times, and it's going to be a lot of rejection. And uh-huh. and I'm not even sure I know what I'm doing, but I'm going to go out there and I'm going to, you know, take my first acting class since I was in theater when I was in high school, and I'm going to I'm going to grind it out. And and then within pretty quickly, I found myself on some amazing sets. Within just a couple months, I found myself in. Uh, in the movie 300, the, the sequel to it. Wow. I can see you in that. Big budget set. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And and I was like, this is it. This is, this is what I want to do. And it was just getting that Mm -hmm. little taste. It's like, okay, now I want more. Now I want more. And within a couple months, I joined a group that was called combat casting and they were, they were a military organization that you had to be a veteran to do it. And, and they were getting in, in Marvel movies because instead of teaching actors oh. how to hold weapons and everything else, they just hire veterans. <laughs> so they could go in there because it's like a different language that we speak. So yeah. within, within under a year, I'm on, I'm on set of Thor and Captain America and wow. then I ended up being in Ninja Turtles. And I'm just doing – I'm like, oh, my God, this is the coolest stuff. I Like, this is it. This is where I want to yeah. be. And – and then part of me said, even if this is it, if this is all that it peaks out to be, just doing stunts, and if that's if that's what my calling is, then then I'm okay with it because I just got to be, you know, meet this person or do this, and and again, this is stuff like mm-hmm. like Ninja Turtles was my thing as a kid, like that was oh yeah, I mean, it was Ninja Turtles Absolutely. and Power Rangers were like my dudes as a kid, <laughs> so the, so all of a sudden I find myself in Ninja Turtles and the turtles are there and I'm actually like shooting at them, you know, I'm like mm-hmm. like in a in a gunfight with the Ninja Turtles, like how how right. crazy is that to think and and again it comes it falls back into just appreciating every moment of it. And then it's, all right, well, how can we take this further? What, what else can we explore? Mm-hmm. And every year just keeps getting better. I'm on year number eight, and I could almost, wow. if I was to draw a diagram of, like, where I was, you could see that every year it's a step up, and it's just a little bit yep. better, a little bit better. And in some cases, even if I had to do year one over and over again where my peak was, you know, whether it be 300 or Captain America, I'm like, great. Mm-hmm. I, if I, if I'm, if I'm able to do that again this year, go being 300 and Captain America all over again, I would do that and I would consider it a success. So, wow. just, you know, having that and just, God, it's fun. So fun. I can't, can't even go like, you know, the first time, like, I got to wear a crazy costume again the other day and like sit there and start shooting at people. I was like, God, this is fun. Like I'm so, so lucky and blessed. And, and it's just being there and just, just being, being available and, you know, being open-minded to it and just saying yes and meeting people. And like you say, people, people get to know you and then they, they want to get along with you. And then, and then a year later you get a call like, Hey, you worked with so-and-so and they said that you'd be great for this. And it's just, that's one of the best feelings yeah. that there are in this world. Whenever you get those calls of, 
you know, somebody, you know, recommends you for something. It really is. It's a, it's a, it's a beautiful thing and, a, and a, an amazing feeling to, to even be able to go into that. Have you gotten that call many times? I, I have, yeah. It's, uh, nice. I just got it, just, like, I think it was just last week. I got, I got it again, and it was, it was wow. honestly from a gentleman that I met. It's funny that I, that I used some of these references. So it was a gentleman that I just met doing – I think I met him on Thor and then I ran mm-hmm. into him again. We did an age, an episode of agents of shield. And then I, and then mm-hmm. he just recommended me to some, to somebody and the guy and the guy hit me up and I, and I went, went to work on something else. And this was from a relationship that I made, you know, was that five, six years ago, something like that. And you just, mm-hmm. you, you never know, you know, you never know. I got a call this morning or, I, I was on, on a call this morning. I got hit up yesterday, and the guy said, hey, I want to I wanna make you the, the lead guy in my movie. And this was a gentleman that I met four years ago. And wow. he's like, hey, uh, I got a movie. He's like, I think you'd be perfect for it. Let me tell you more about it. And it's just mm-hmm. it's, a, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing that it's to have people actually, like, think of you or to, you, you know, it's, it's definitely makes you, makes you feel good, makes you feel like all the hard work and you know, the determination, all the, all those weird night, late nights at the gym that I don't want to be there, but I consider it part of my job because not only is my, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's funny, the term body of work, but my body actually is mm-hmm. you know, considered a body of work. And if I don't, if I just, you know, Oh, if I don't feel like it and I go to go a month without going to the gym, I mean, for, for, whenever I was a civil engineer, like, yeah, who cares? Like, it's not, you know, not, doesn't matter. And, you know, it's not detrimental, but, but for me, it's, it's, it's always being within striking distance. It's always, it's trying to stay on top of everything and it gets hard. It it gets hard. Like what's your motivation to do this? What's your motivation to, to either stay in shape or to stay in the game and whatever Uh it is, you got to find that. Cause I get people asking me that all the time. They're like, where do you get your motivation to, to say work out or to say eat, eat healthy? And I'm like, well, I just, I, I personally enjoy it. I love the way that I feel. And, and if that's the difference of me getting to, to play Superman or not, then I will do it. And, right. and I will do my best to enjoy it. Cause I don't always go, go enjoy going to the gym. I, you know, I get worn down just as much as anybody else. And I just want to, I'd much rather stop it, you know, stop at Burger King on the way home than than go home, <laughs> and eat, you know, make, make, make salmon and vegetables, you know, trust me, it sounds way better, but, but right. uh, and it's not being too hard on myself either. I also enjoy a good, enjoy a good cheat meal. I enjoy a good, you know, adult beverage. I enjoy, the fun, you know, the, the extracurriculars, you know, there's certainly days that I stay out way later than I should. And I don't work out in the morning, but I, I used to beat myself up over that. I used to, I used to like get mad and like I would leave places because, you know, it's midnight. I need my sleep because I need to wake up at eight. I need my eight hours. And, and mm-hmm. the moment that I learned to let some of that go, it was just way better for me because there's certain things that we we're all going to find things to stress over in life. Yeah. So it's, yep. it's not stressing over the things that like aren't, aren't worth it because we all find ourselves in those stupid 
arguments with that we're never even going to have, you know, telling people off and like, you, you know, it's like, Oh, just let it go. Just, just, just let it go. You know, right. so it's uh, definitely about, you know, trying to find the, the beautiful things and that, that are worth it and, and knowing what's worth fighting over. Some things are not worth fighting over and they're definitely not worth beating yourself up over. That's for sure. And see, again, this is why you're my favorite husband. Like, you're so, it's funny. And at the top of the interview, you had said being a good person helps people work with you more. And if you did, I don't know if you made the connection, but you've gotten these calls where people have worked with you because you're a good person. So you're living what you're saying. Like, I don't know if you realize that. Oh, yeah, I guess practice that. what you preach, right? <laughs> you do. And you're such like a good that. person. And I have never in my life, and I've done a few interviews with different people, I've never heard anyone say, okay, if this is what my peak is, then I'm good with it. Get something better. Well, if this is what my peak is, then I'm good with that. Usually, and, and for me, I would say, and I, I think I changed my mind after talking to you. If I get that one big break, my initial reaction was, ooh, I wonder how far I can go. But now that I'm talking to you, I should be appreciative of the moment that I have. And it's like it changed my whole, like, mindset. So, yeah, I think I'm going to stick with you. You're definitely – you've definitely gone like from, like, that. the top ten husbands to, like, number three or four. You're getting up there. You're getting up I'm there I'm just going to keep on chipping away. <laughs> yeah. Jeez Louise. Like, yeah, you know, that's, I that's love the funny thing outlook. is that we – well, it's a funny thing that I've, I've discussed this with a few of my friends about how we, we get mm-hmm. caught up in, in the, I don't know how to word it best, but almost like the moving finish line. Like we think, yeah. if I get this thing, then I'm going to be happy. But then once you get that, it's like, well, now I want this. Well, now I want this. Right. Now I want more. And right. at what point is it being content? What point is mm-hmm. it? Because you could go the other way with that and – not to knock, let's say, just to, just to use uh, an example, not to knock, say, a janitor. But if a janitor right. had, was struggling to find work and then he, find, he gets this janitor job and it's a mm-hmm. minimum wage, literally cleaning toilets mm-hmm. for minimum wage, but he's making enough money to live on, support himself, his loved ones, mm-hmm. whoever, you know, and he's content with that. Somebody else mm-hmm. may be like, hey, man, you need more. You need more. And he's like, but why? I'm, I'm content, you know? And then you also get the mm-hmm. opposite of that where somebody is like, ah, it's fine. I'm going to do the bare minimum to get by. There is it, right. it's that slight tweak on, on your outlook. Is it are you doing the bare minimum or are you content? It's such a weird, weird line to toe because, like I said, with the peak thing, like I think – you know, one of my, maybe my favorite character that I've gotten to play is the character uh, Blaze on the, on the TV show Future Man. Like whenever I got that, I was like, oh my God, it was the biggest thing I had done up to that point. And then they, then they kept bringing me back. And I was like, I wonder if that, you know, like, like, is that going to be like the biggest, you know, or the, 
you know, oh. is that going to be it? Like, yeah. And it's a weird, weird thing to think that. I'm like, boy, I hope not. But, like, if it was, mm. then cool, because I still get recognized as Blaze, and we still got another season that's coming <laughs> out. And I'm like, well, that's not nice. so bad. Like, you know? Yeah. Like, I got to work with one of my heroes on that one, who's uh, Seth Rogen. I've been a fan yeah. of his for years and years and years. And I did the research, and I looked up, and I'm actually, like, three weeks older than Seth Rogen. We were born in the same wow. month. Wow. Like, I was like, I'm older than Seth Rogen, <laughs> like, because I'm looking back at, you know, whenever he was in some of his movies and TV shows almost 20 years ago, I'm like, oh, my God, he's light years ahead. But, like, that'd be stupid for me to try to compare myself to somebody like Seth Rogen, <laughs> you know, it's like, mm-hmm. like yes, that's that's ridiculous. So, so to, like, have that opportunity. I'm like, yeah, that was pretty cool. Like, one one of my highlights as an actor is something that I didn't even do on the screen or stage, but was actually during a table read for one of the episodes. He was there, and I said a line, and I could hear Seth laugh from the crowd. And oh. I was like, there it is, there it is. I wow. made him laugh, his iconic laugh, and it just, you know, that was, uh, I was like, all right, there it was. I I could uh. I'm going. I'm going home happy today. I I, I got him to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and just for everybody listening, uh, Future Man is on Hulu, I believe, right? Hulu. Yes, correct. Yeah. And um, funny enough, you're probably wondering, you know, where he got that janitor reference. It's about a janitor who um, completes his favorite video game. I'm just reading it off offline. And suddenly, um, the game's two main characters appear, recruit him to save the world, and yeah. So, I'm going to guess, without even seeing it yet, that you play a bad guy. Oh, no, I don't. I am a good guy. (gasps) What? I can, do you know what's funny? I can see, as awesome as you are, I can see you playing a bad guy. Oh, I play bad guy all the time. That's one of my jokes. Yeah. It's, we're all type we're all typecast in our own ways. And my typecasting yeah. is I play cops and I play douchebags. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's, that I can see the cops. Seems thing. to be my thing. Yeah. Like <laughs> you've got that look like like you're like the hot cop that women want to get arrested by and guys want to flip off. That's like it, right there. That's yeah. That's the type of cop. That's the type of cop you uh, are. Out, out here in yeah, out here in California, that is the entire Santa Monica Police Department. <laughs> <laughs> and um, just for uh, reference, Josh Hutcherson, who's uh, who plays Peta in The Hunger Games, Kevin David, who's in Greenleaf, um, Oprah Show, um, Aquafina. Golden Globe winning Aquafina is in this show. So, yeah, oh, yeah. a lot of – Yeah, they got, got a lot of – Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. Haley Joel Osment is in it. Seth yeah, Rogen is in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a, a yeah. great, great cast on that one. Now I'm going to have to watch this after I'm done with the morning show. Oh, very nice. I would appreciate it if you did. So I'll give you a little bit yeah. a little bit of insight on mine. With the two characters uh-huh. that come from the future, it is Tiger and Wolf, uh, the male mm-hmm. character Wolf. I am his best friend in the 80s because they are time travelers in it. So whenever they go okay. to the 80s, he meets me and we become besties. So that's, uh, that's my link on into that, uh, into that crazy world. And we just filmed 
season three, and mm-hmm. it, it should be coming out soon. And I was told that outside of those three main characters with Josh and then the and then Wolf and Tiger, I am the only fourth other character that appears in every single season. So, so that, wow. that made me feel good. <laughs> and for all of you who remember her, Glenn Headley is in the first season as um, Josh Hutcherson's mom. So if you want to, like, you know, support Glenn. Um, oh, God, I loved her and Dick Tracy. I am, like, so oh, sad she's so she good. Yes. I yeah, she loved actually her and Dick Tracy. Production. Yeah, yeah, she passed her in production of season one. They were going to have a lot more storyline. Ed Begley Aww. Jr. is uh, the one who plays the dad. Yeah. So, so they were supposed to have a lot more storyline, but after she passed, they kind of, of course, had to, they weren't going to recast it. So they went ahead and, and took the storyline other ways. So it was definitely a tragedy on whenever, mm. whenever we got word that it happened while we were filming. It was, uh, it was pretty tough, but, but she, she's great in it, too. But I guarantee you she would have wanted you guys to, re- I mean, not that you have any say in it. But I guarantee you, she's a, she's an old school Hollywood woman. I'm sure the show must go on, and she would have been okay with a recast. But that's not the way it went. It's okay. Now I'm definitely gonna watch it because I love her. Oh my god! When I was growing up, I'm like, wait, her name is Glenn. That's a boy. Glenn. That's it. Yeah. That's, that's like weird. Yep. And then but there then was I her. Yeah, her. Her. her, her and Glenn, yeah, and Glenn Close is the other one. That was yeah. the other Glenn. Yeah. And yeah, then I'm, I always I'm, confused. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm I'm such a fan of of the the um, the switch on male and female gender names. Uh, or I, yeah. I enjoy the ones that could go either way. I love yeah. a, a boy named Jamie, or you know, my and it's funny because my yeah. sister's name is Jamie, but something about boys named <laughs> Jamie, or I I, I knew a. I knew a girl named Steve, and she went by Stevie. And I just always thought that that was what? that was so cool. I've always been into into hmm. the androgynous names name switch. I, for some reason, I just really really like it. I know I know a girl named Charlie, and it's uh, yeah. I, I, something about that. I really enjoy it. Well, my um, sister, she's my sister by love. I call her. We we call each other sisters, friend sisters. And I know it sounds oh, nice. like sister, but no, it's not. Not sister, guys. It's frister. Um, I've known her since I was ten, and she was eight. And then her sister, Mandy, her her half sister, Mandy, and she has a, a half brother, Brett, who passed away. And then a, a half sister, Ashley. They're all my like fr- fribblings. That's what we call each other. And oh, that's nice. Her name is Jamie, and then she has Mandy and Brett and Ashley. So it's kind of funny you mentioned the name Jamie. We both have sisters named Jamie. See, we were meant to. Aw, that's it. Yep. There's our connection. Can't argue with that. Yep. And are you trying to tell me something about our kids' names? Because I don't love androgynous names for kids. But oh, I've I mean, my, I've I've already got the girl, the the little little boy and little girl picked out. <laughs> Okay, no, I've already got the girl name picked out, so you're going to have to, like, deal with that. I'll okay, give you the we'll boy name. Done. Okay, uh, fair enough. <laughs> you have to tell me off air the girl name and the boy name so that people don't steal it on you and you get pissed. Right? You don't want that uh, now. 
Um, yeah, but fa- but fair enough. You, you, I'll, I'll give you the girl. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. Thank you. You name the girl, I'll name the boy. I think, yeah, that's, that works. I actually want three kids. So we're going to have to flip a coin who's going to name the other boy. Oh, okay. I want two boys and a girl. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I, I dig that. So kind of a funny story. My little sister, yeah. whenever she was born, my parents mm-hmm. said that we could name name her collectively. We we could name her. And this okay. being circa, was it, 86, 87, as the four mm-hmm. older kids, we decided collectively that if it was going to oh, be God. a boy, we would name him Michael Jackson. And if it was going to be a girl, we would name her Punky Brewster. So I'm really glad that my parents took Uh, that away from us because my little sister Punky would have been, that would have been something else. So so I think that, in fact, I'm not sure. I'd have to ask my father. I'm not clear on this if whether or not they just said, fine, it's going to be Jamie because it's Jamie Lee. And that oh, okay. one is another one that, that both those names could have, it could have been a boy or a girl being Jamie Lee. So yeah. I wonder if they named it before they knew the sex or if they just knew it was a girl and that's what they decided. So the, the Jamie Lee is another one. It's like Jamie Lee Curtis. It just rolls off the tongue so well. Good idea, parent, but the execution on that one is. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe if the kids were a little older, right? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I'm – I'm comfortable with you naming our son. I'm so worried. I kind of don't want to know. Oh man. Oh man. I tell you that is too, that is like the cutest story I've ever heard. And P.S. They're bringing <laughs> back Punky Brewster on the Peacock um, app. The Peacock oh, app is cool. NBC. The, the NBC Universal app. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, it's coming out in April, so it's going to be a continuation, not a reboot. So Punky and Sherry are older now. So. Oh, so cool. Yeah, I actually can't wait. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> I have a smart That's TV exciting. now, so I can't wait to get that just right on my TV and start watching it. So. That that's exciting. Yeah, that was another one I loved as a kid. It was my it was my older sister's favorite show. Hence us mm-hmm. being willing to name our little sister after it. <laughs> I mean, I sense the theme. Yes, very much so. Michael Jackson. I just can't. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, that that, is that's one of those hilarious. ones. Well, it's funny for for how bad. <laughs> The, the Punky Brewster reference maybe hasn't aged well, I but then mean... to think that now the Michael Jackson reference hasn't <laughs> aged well. But no, oh my God, this is weird. Actually, this is I'm not I'm not making this up. Whenever I say this, my little sister had a son, yep. and they named him Tony Montana. Okay. You like, cut oh my the God, crap. right? Uh... Like I get it, like. You guys think you're cool, and, you know, but like, come on now. Like, and then they're like, we're she let her Anthony. husband like, do that. Right. Like little Aye. Tony Montana, like, come on now. Aye. Aye. That, I mean, at <laughs> least no one else in school is going to have that name. 
Guaranteed. That's very true. I, I hope not. Yeah. Well, there's only one. Wait, that's a first name, or is that like a first and middle? First and middle. Yeah. Tony. Tony Montana. We so so. Not yeah. Anthony. Tony. Not Anthony. She said she was going to call him Anthony. I don't know what it legally says. All I know is he was uh, little Tony Montana. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's um. That's definitely her, her, her man's decision. That wasn't hers. <laughs> um, so now that we're all up to speed, you, I wanted to go back because, holy crap, did you watch your boss's Netflix movie, A Fall from Grace? I'm talking about Tyler. Oh, Taylor. my God, I haven't holy seen it yet. No, I'm not going to spoil it, but let me tell you something. I audibly gasped at that ending. I just, I literally went, (gasps) like, and I clutched my my pearls, my imaginary pearls, like, oh my God, that movie put me through it. I mean, holy shit. Not what I expected. I'd love to hear that. (laughs) Yeah, I saw Um, Tyler post something he said whatever you do don't give away the ending <laughs> no I'm not I'm not I don't like giving away spoilers I actually have my own blog and I'm going to blog about it in, in a few I don't like writing blogs where I give away stuff I like discussing it in person or in private but I hate I love that. reading stuff where they give away the spoilers I hate that I- but you know what I hate even more I'll tell you this. I hate when I tell people, oh, my gosh, this movie was good. And they're like, don't spoil it. How is that spoiling it, idiot? I just said it was good. Right. I hate when yeah. people do yeah. that. I, I literally didn't uh, say anything. Yeah. <laughs> right. I hate that. Mo- like, that boils my blood so much. Well, I don't want you to spoil it. You spoiled it by saying it was good. You know what? I have no time for you. Goodbye. Get out of my face. Yeah. Yeah. Too sensitive. Uh, that's, not a, that's not a spoiler. Right. Come on now. <laughs> right. Um, well, I I appreciate and respect your outlook on that because I think yeah. the same way. And so with a couple yeah. of the pods I listen to, I'm so happy because I, I I'm the type that whenever I watch a movie, I love knowing mm-hmm. everything about the movie. I've just always been like that. I remember whenever I mm-hmm. re- I discovered on IMDb like the trivia section. I remember I was mm-hmm. like, I, you didn't, you didn't see me for a week because I was looking up every movie that I've ever seen and I've looked up all the trivia. So I'll actually find myself walking out of a movie theater. I'll sit in, sometimes I'm still in the movie theater wherever I'm like, whenever it's like a character that I'm like, where have I seen them before? So as the movie, mm-hmm. I'm the start rolling. I will pull out IMDb and I'll look it up and I'll be like, oh, right, that was the guy from that one thing. And then, and then I'll mm-hmm. read the trivia about it. And then I'm going down the rabbit hole and I'm learning every bit of information. And then on my way home, I'll listen to the podcast about it because I listen to so many, so many entertainment and movie pods. So it's like but mm-hmm. once I see something, I have to know everything about it. And I do appreciate that most of them will say, whether it's spoilers or about halfway through, like, okay, we're going to go into spoiler territory now. If you haven't seen it, go ahead and turn it off. And I have a buddy of mine where he will mm-hmm. just listen to the whole thing. And then he's, like, giving away spoilers that he hasn't even seen the movie. Like. Yeah. 
to like try and sway me to whether see the movie or not. He's like, well, I heard that the spoiler mm. of this happens. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I, in a lot of cases, I don't even like watching the trailer. I love going into a movie having no idea what it's about because trailers, I feel like, give up too much nowadays. Where they're, you know, mm. they they give out every one liner of a joke, and in some cases they give out right. plot twists. So it's like yeah. I, there's something about going in not knowing what it's about that I really appreciate, and it's hard to do nowadays because you're so overexposed to everything, and every, you mm-hmm. know, it's it's just how it is. They got to put it in front of your face, and so it's uh, it's it's hard to not get spoilers, but at the same time, don't be the one spoiling things. <laughs> So that friend isn't invited to our wedding. Um, <laughs> he'll probably be the one where we say no phones and he's snuck in his phone and he's recording. So I'm all set with him. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, what's even crazier. Okay. So you're probably going to propose to me after this. When I go to a movie, right before I go to a movie, I do two things. Well, three things. One, I take a picture of my ticket. Two, I tag myself only on Facebook that I'm going to see this movie. And three, I look up on Run P to see if there are credits after. And I look up on I, um, on Wikipedia to see if there are any scenes after. Because sometimes Run P, like the oh, person smart. hasn't updated it. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll scroll all the way down past the plot and... You know, I don't want to see all that other stuff. I just look to see the words post-credit scenes. And if it's not there, then I can, you know, whatever. Also, um, we have AMC out here. I know you guys have AMC out there. If you go to AMC, they have an app. And on the app, right under movie details, it has Run P there. So if if somebody has seen it, they'll tell you if there's um, – extra credit scenes there too so just to let you know very cool good to know so really good yeah to know. so we're gonna have a good marriage like we're gonna get along great we're not even gonna fight oh, like, what yeah. are we gonna fight about like seriously what are we gonna fight about it's gonna be awesome like we're gonna fight like about that, that boy's name probably that's Jeez, it please, yeah. i'm well, scared if that if, that, if that's <sighs> as bad as it gets then uh i think we i think we're gonna make it um yeah, so I really, I can tell you this, that trailer, you're going to be blown away by this movie. And Excellent. what's even more incredible about the movie, now that I know about Tyler Perry, he writes, I don't know if you know this, you probably do, maybe you don't, I don't know. He writes every single piece of television and movie that he puts out himself. He doesn't have a writing team. That unreal. He does it all himself. Did you know that? It's unbelievable. And I tell you what, whenever he's the director, he's the producer, he's not just right. there in, in name or anything. I mean, he's mm-hmm. there. He's the guy running it. It's, it's yep. seriously, it's something else. It's, it's so, so special with the way that he, that he does it. And just to like be there be there on set. It's it's really um really is something that that you just it, it's second to none. Like I've never seen before. And I know a lot of people after it, the he made that statement, they thought he was like bragging. Like you have this big platform, and how dare you not help other writers? 
for all you people that don't know about Tyler Perry, talking about judging a book by its motherfucking cover, this man was homeless, living in his car. And he did these Broadway shows with Medea, night after night, made $100 million from that, and then he used the profits of that to make his first movie, Diary of a Mad Black Woman, and then he blew up. So, yep. you know what? Nobody helped him on his way up. So he doesn't, he doesn't need anybody's help. Some people, you got one of two people. The people that utilize other people and want their help and the people that say, I can do this on my own. And he helps people. He brings Kevin back every now and then because Kevin's a good person. He's worked with certain actors. The actor in A Fall of Grace, she was on Haves and the Have Not. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the main the actress. Role. Yeah. Yeah. Her yeah, very the first, first role. role. He so wanted. And then there was the gentleman, um, I'm drawing a blank on his name, the guy from the Cosby show that was spotted yes. working at Trader Joe's because he's yes. a working actor. So I so I was on that season. I was down in Atlanta whenever like all that mm-hmm. went down. He's like he's like yep. I'll, I'll he's like, I'll give you a role. He's like, Well, I don't want you to give it to me, I'll work for it. He's like, Cool. Audition for a role then. We'll see if we we'll see if it's a fit. And and it did. And it's it's, he like if you were to go to Atlanta and see the studio and see the amount of people that he employs, like mm-hmm. it's unbelievable. Like I said, it's the friendliest studio. It's the nicest people. It is unlike anything that I've ever seen in Hollywood. I wish that I wish that Hollywood would take a few cues from him because it's unlike right. unlike what you're used to, and it's such a beautiful thing. And it's funny, um, his name is Jeffrey Owens. He was in something recently, and I'm trying to put my finger on what it was. He was in something, and I'm like, oh, my God, Jeffrey Owens. I watched it recently. Oh, it's going to drive me nuts. Um, But, yeah, he he actually was recently in something. And I thought about Tyler Perry. That's funny that you said that. I thought about Tyler. I'm like, see, Tyler helped him come back. I love that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, a, a lot it's, of people... It's definitely a beautiful thing with the amount of people that he gives new actors, new a- actors mm-hmm. opportunities. It's really nice. Oh, it was Power. He's in the last two episodes of Power. Oh, um, very cool. Good for him. Yeah, yeah. So, he he's a lot more loyal than people think. And I, I just hate that people forget his full story and just focus on this one aspect. You know, this man had nothing. Built himself up with nobody's help. And uh, that's right. Like you, you, annoyed. you nailed it. Sleep, sleeping, in, mm-hmm. sleeping in his car, like for real. Yeah, he was. He's so. You know, that outfit that's the most expensive sweat hoodie and sneakers and jogger. But it, I bet you, I bet you anything, you can't see the label. Because he's done that on purpose. No. Yep. You know, so he's awesome. I hope I work with him one day. That'd be so. great. You would, you would, you would absolutely, you two would get along splendidly. Guaranteed. It's so funny. My friend who's worked, he's a producer. My friend Brandon's a producer, and he said the exact same thing. He's like, I wish you and Tyler Perry would meet because you guys would get along. And I'm like, what? Shut up. 
whatever. We can definitely give him an invitation to the wedding, right? Oh, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Cool. Um, so, what future projects that you can talk about um, are coming up? So, the, the third season of Future Man. Third season of Future Man should be out. We're not yep. sure. It still doesn't have the premiere date. I think that will be March. And then okay. season seven of the haves and the have-nots just kicked off last week or two weeks ago. It, it started. I think I show up back again in episode 11. So it's going to be a little bit before I come, but then I'll be in like the next seven episodes of, mm-hmm. of that, as well as season eight. I'm also going to be part of that one as well. And then I have my, my, my web series. Uh, I, I produce my own series and star in one called Job Guys. That one should be up on Amazon in about a month. Uh, we're going through okay. control right now. So, so proud of that one. And I start filming my next film. It's called 16 Bits. I play a video game character come to life. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's action. It's sci-fi. It's comedy. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It'll be, it'll be good. I'm proud of that one. Uh, but that one, that one won't be out until later on this year. But, yeah, plenty of other stuff. So give me a follow on all the platforms. It's Kevin Caliber. You can find me anywhere. I try to put myself out there as much as I can. I also do fitness as well. I was part of a beach body program called Six Weeks of the Work. So if you're into fitness and want a great at-home workout, look that up. It's, it's about the best one out there. Can't go wrong with beach body. And, yeah, you mm-hmm. should see me around. I've, I also do a lot of different commercial work. You'll see me on romance novel covers. So there's always always something. Mm-hmm. I, I, I get out there as much as I can and enjoy every bit of it. So you, hopefully it's one of those things that you'll, you'll see me, and now that you know me, you'll say, oh, there's Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you have, like, a manager and an agent and all that that booked this, or are you doing it on your, on your own? A little bit of everything. I actually have six oh, wow. agents in di- different, wow. different markets across the board. Yeah, it's uh, part of that hustle. I have one person that books me, you know, theatrically in L.A. I have a commercial agent, mm-hmm. I have modeling agents. I have an agent in Las wow. Vegas. I have an agent in Atlanta. It's it's a little bit of everything, but at the end of the day, it's mostly me booking myself. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. That, the hustle. The hustle. Guys, are you listening to this? This is a hustler. Like, wow. That is so yeah, incredible. I figure if, if I'm each so one proud of them of you. Gets me, thank you. I really appreciate that. I figure if each one of them could get me one to two jobs a year, that's uh, at least once a month I'll be working. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and so, I also, another one. I just yeah. shout out an episode called The Family Business that's so going to be on BET+. Plus. That is a mm-hmm. show starring Ernie Hudson and a bunch of other familiar faces. I will be in episode one of the second season that should be coming out anytime now. So I don't think they have the release date on that one yet, but I shot that one out uh, in, in December. So it should be soon. I think that you just moved up to like number two. Like, holy crap. Like, we getting there. Wow. Just I wait mean, till I, I cook for you. You, he does cook, guys. He on his Instagram story, he's constant. Like he, he has put up a couple cooking stories, and I'm like, oh, that looks delicious. <laughs> and I'm not even into like 
some healthy stuff. I actually just started cooking. I think I sent the pictures to you in the videos. You sure did. It, um, looked, it looked amazing. I did HelloFresh for the first time. And let me tell you something. He says it looks amazing. It was actually good. And that's saying a lot because I do not cook. I've burned eggs before. Like, I'm the worst cook in the world. And I'm very forgetful. And I've burned popcorn before in the microwave. I've, like, burned water, boiling it. Like, literally, I am the worst cook. And these meals came out so good. And how I can tell is I didn't run to the bathroom after I ate my own cooking. So <laughs> I said to Kevin, Success. I'm like, your, your wife can cook now. Because, <laughs> like... <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I'm like so five, proud. Of five myself. to six times a day. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. you eat that much? I I, I eat constantly. It's uh, I work oh out, I work God. out once or twice a day, and I just yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's a never never anything. I'm not gonna lie. For the last 20 minutes, I've been I've been daydreaming about what I'm gonna eat whenever I get off of here because it's about ah. dinner time for me. <laughs> Not gonna lie, I tried to. I've been doing my best to, to, to keep my mind in the conversation, but. <laughs> well, I don't work out a lot. Are you gonna be okay with like if I gain a little weight here and there? You know. What oh, I mean? it'll be all right. Tell you what, after okay. I settle down, I'm okay. gonna gain a little weight here and there too. As long as you're Sweet. okay with it, it's all fair. All fair trade, right? I do like a guy with a little bit of pudge. I'm not gonna lie to you. Oh, good because the, most of my. Most of those pictures that you see, I only take I only take those those pictures at, at my at my finest, and uh, the rest of the time oh, I'm walking around just a little more little little, little more regs. <laughs> Guys, he could wash like clothing on his stomach. He's lying. He <laughs> his his stomach looks like those old fashioned washboards. That's where the term came from. Like seriously, oh my god. How am I going to deal with such a hot husband? I don't know. <laughs> oh, you're so love any it. final? You'll, you'll, you can flaunt me all over town. <laughs> oh, sweet. Look, at, I'm trying to be the arm candy, and he's wanting to be the arm candy. Hey, whatever. Whatever floats your boat, babe. It, it, whatever it, it, you it, want. It goes both ways. That's right. It goes both ways. Okay. Um, any final thoughts before I let you go? Any final words? No, just wanted to say thank you for for having me. Of course, uh, I, I absolutely respect and commend you for everything that you do and the way that what you stand for means a whole lot mm-hmm. to me. I try to be as as friendly to every community, whether regardless mm-hmm. of race, race, gender, sexual orientation. I think that you know we're all people. We're all beautiful. We're all you know loving in our own ways. I may have been a military member but i am very very anti-war i'm pro-military uh mm-hmm. so so for me it's just it's just all about being accepting of everything i know i've always been different my whole life and it's been something that i've i've had to deal with that i've over time become comfortable with who i am so i hope that everybody else out there can and know that know that nobody's alone out there and so regardless mm-hmm. of of what it is that you either feel different or get made fun of, know that no matter what, you should own it and embrace it and just be, be cognizant of those around you, regardless of, of you think you're being funny, you think you're being mean. I do not condone bullying. Uh, mm-hmm. That is not, 
not not cool. Nobody should ever do that to anybody regardless. So just mm-hmm. be happy, be loved, enjoy who you are, and surround yourself with people that, that love you. And just that's that's it. Just that's the name of the game right there. And as much as, you know, he and I joke about us getting married and stuff, um, he's one of the, the people that, first of all, his posts are always positive. Like, I've never seen him post anything political. I've never seen him post anything, like, crazy. Like, he's always very positive, but he's very much an LGBTQ plus ally. And, you know, he loves his trans wife over here. And I'm just so happy to know you. And first and foremost, I do want to, and I said this when I first, I'm not sure how I found you. I really am not. But somehow I found you. And when I found out about your military background, of course I said it, and I'll say it again on air. I do thank you for your service and appreciate you um, protecting this country and protecting my freedom. So and everybody else is. You're you're an amazing person, and I'm glad that we have this discussion today because I love you a little bit more. Yay. It goes both yeah, ways. Aw, isn't he awesome, guys? Mine. You guys can't have him. Nope. Nope. It's all <laughs> mine. Well, thank you again for talking to me, and I'm so, so happy that I forced you into this conversation i've been hounding him for like two months and i'm That's so right. glad That's i did because bit, but yeah <laughs> i'm so glad i did because i i think i love you a little bit more than i did before so oh good my pleasure happy happy to be on yeah. and uh thanks again for having me yes and you can be number one if you get rid of matt damon because he's my number one so oh god get rid of him so and nice damn is he a charming guy <sighs> I know, I know. You got to get rid of him. He's he's been number one since like '97. So. Oh wow, uh, that's a long run. Yeah. I know. Yeah. See, I'm committed. I'm committed. That Boston, but thing. he you guys are connected. I know. See, but you could be the husband. He's just a crush. So. There you go. <laughs> well, thanks again for coming on, um, everybody. Thanks for listening, and have an awesome day. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Still thirsty for more tea? Then check out our upcoming and archived shows right here on our Blog Talk radio page. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at The Spilled Tea and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash The Spilled Tea. Thanks for listening to tonight's episode of The Spilled Tea.